Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're heading down to the pitch to talk soccer and City SC with Taylor Twelman. Talking with Twelman on 101 ESPN. Is presented by the City SC Debit Card. Exclusively at Together Credit Union. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. And you can also watch on YouTube and talk it over in the YouTube chat or text it to our Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you coming up probably about 45 minutes worth of Cardinal discussion. Starting at about 10.15, 10.16 as the trade deadline is a week and seven hours away. Uh, and how different will the Cardinals look? between now and then. We will certainly spend a good amount of time on that coming up on the program, but we are uh, calling an audible today on the scheduling for Tuesdays. Uh, We always talk it over with uh, Taylor Twelman, presented by Together Credit Union. And Taylor today, Jackson, is sitting down with Messi at 1020. A decent little get there. Yeah. That's a decent uh, little get. And so uh, we are moving Taylor up, even though personally, I think as far as recognizability goes, it's me and then Messi. I would say so, certainly in this region. Thank you very much. But uh, Taylor sees it otherwise, so uh, I'm going to acquiesce. And uh, we join uh, Taylor Twelman right now before he sits down with Messi. What a, what a big hour for you. You get to talk with me and then Messi, Taylor. Well, you're assuming I'm talking to Messi. I didn't say what I was doing. I said I was just sitting down. So I may be a driver. I may be putting makeup on him. I may I mean, you, you, you're assuming I'm actually going to have a conversation with him, which, by the way, just a subtle flex, would be the fifth time in eight days I've done so. Wow. That's unbelievable. How about that? That's awesome. Look at that. That's incredible. How about that? So, so, so let me ask you. Maybe what, I'm his caddy. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah, maybe you are, maybe you are carrying his, carrying his bag around uh, South Florida. So, uh, so l- let's talk about this. What uh, what have you been uh, doing and spending your time with Messi? Uh, how well do you know the gentleman? I've done 15 cities in the last 24 days. I am uh, exhausted. Uh, no one listening cares about my life and whether I'm exhausted, but I'm saying that because uh, Messi turned my life upside down, turned everyone's life in Major League Soccer's life upside down for a good. Um, it's been interesting. You got an all-star game. You got League's Cup. Uh, I've done many uh, different things in, in my lifetime, but this may uh, this is a little bit of a um, – what? Do, how would I say this? I feel like I'm a rock star kind of life where – 6 a.m. flights, all that thing. The only difference is I'm not flying private. You're not flying private. You're not going on the wheels up or the net jets. You're, you're going commercial. Well, I want I want points. You know me. Tim, I'm only doing something that benefits me. And if it's not benefiting me, then I'm not going to do it. Listen, I, I totally amazing. respect Honestly, that. Honestly, it's been 
it, it's been amazing, right? You know, what Messi's done and just the attention he's brought uh, to score a goal the way he did, yeah. to have the storybook ending the way he had. Uh, it's everything and more. And, and now tonight, you know, at 7.30, he takes on Atlanta United where there's so many different storylines for his head coach, for Joseph Martinez. Now we're going to see the real meat and potatoes of it because it's no longer the introduction. Now he's going to be in the thick of it. What does it look like? What did Miami look like? It's going to be interesting to see. So with regards to what transpired, and for those who are not familiar with it, he scored a goal, what was it, the 94th minute, uh, if memory serves? First off, if if anyone listening has no idea what we're talking about, they need to have their brains checked or their life checked, because they may have... I mean, where are you living? Under a rock? <laughs> Jackson Jackson knew. I could tell you were nodding as I was saying it. One of the, I got to see it live. One of the coolest sports moments in my You were watching memory. live when it happened. Yeah, really? I got home right at the time when like he checked in, and so like, I watched yeah. the 40, 50 minutes he was on the field, and to see that goal was just unbelievable. Storybook stuff. Yeah, insane, right? You know, we can talk about David Freeze's home run. And it, you know, we can go all through the cardinal moments, right, that – We've experienced both negatively and positively. We can talk about Tom Brady, 28-3 comeback. We can go through real moments, the World Cup final this year with Messi and Mbappe. But in the 94th minute, how often do you have a walk-off goal in your opener as the greatest of all time in an introduction to a league and team and country and continent that is begging for a real I would say rocket ship to the moon type moment. I can't believe he not only had it, he delivered. Yeah, that was uh, phenomenal. And as Taylor said, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend checking it out because it truly was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, So you are going to be spending time with him here in about 15 minutes. Uh, So we will get you on and then uh, let you tend to uh, talking to the biggest athlete in the world. But what is what is your historical interaction with him? What can you tell our audience about him? Uh, People are certainly familiar with his name, but may not have seen him interviewed and and, and know much about him. Uh, So what can you tell us about him? He's very gentle. Uh, I think he's very smart. I think he's very happy, which I think the listeners would appreciate. You know, he scores this goal, this iconic goal in his first game here in the United States. He runs over to the sideline, celebrates with his mom, dad, his three boys. And, and just the picture that will stand out for me for years to come is when he's tying his shoes, getting ready to come into the game. LeBron James, Serena Williams, David Beckham, Kim Kardashian right behind him with their cell phones out, taking a picture of the moment. Uh, He supersedes all of them. Uh, If there's an A-list, he's an A-plus list. He's that kind of guy. And yet the way he treats people, the way his energy is, the way he interacts with fans, uh, I don't think people fully understand at the age 14, he was LeBron James. He was anointed the great one. He was told he was never going to be that good because he was too small too short, and yet 800-plus goals later, he's proved everyone wrong. I just think it's a little bit ridiculous that I am talking to him about him in Major League Soccer in 2023 after he won the World Cup eight months ago. What uh, what kind of tangible impact have you already seen? I've seen the uh, recent report 
on the uh, MLS subscription now on Apple TV, increasing materially since the announcement of him going into uh, Miami, and then also uh, what it has meant for. I mean, I think, it, and I think it, I don't want to say trickles down, but it impacts all the franchises, including uh, City SC here in St. Louis, to have that recognizability into MLS. So, how are you seeing it already, Taylor? Zlatan scored one of the greatest goals in MLS history on his debut after landing 18 hours before against LAFC, playing for the LA Galaxy. And it was the biggest moment, I think, in this league's history on the field. It's in a derby. And the reason why I bring that up, it happened on Fox, and you could only see it in the United States. Hmm. Apple TV, 28 hours after that goal went in, reported over 100 million views on Instagram and Twitter because of Apple TV's relationship with MLS and owning the rights to it, they are not geo-blocked. They are not constricted to anything. Think of that. 107 countries, no geo-block, no blackouts. In less than 36 hours, 100 million people saw a pink jersey with the number 10 on it that says Messi, representing Major League Soccer, representing Inter-Miami, score that goal. I don't think people fully understand the magnitude of that. And that's how you can quantify this. You can talk about people watching the game, but off the field, what is he going to do with his 500 million Instagram followers is he can post anything and everything. And it could be seen in 107 countries because Apple TV decided to put their money into major league soccer and to give it a real, real opportunity to grow that's where, Tim, I don't think anyone fully understands the magnitude of that. LeBron James' block, think about it, block against the Golden State right. Warriors in the NBA Finals, you can only see it in the United States and Canada. Every time Messi does something, every single time, anyone can see it. Tim, you can't quantify that yeah, right now. That's huge. You're right about that. That is absolutely huge, and the exposure that that gives for MLS. Speaking of which, because he certainly had the option to go play elsewhere, including Saudi Arabia, one of the biggest stories of the last 24, 48 hours is Mbappe and the offer uh, he received. Uh, what is your reaction to that? Well, it doesn't surprise me right now because Saudi Arabia is a little hurt that Messi chose to come to the United States. Mbappe desperately wants to get out of Paris. He wants to go to Real Madrid. He will go to Real Madrid, and he can do so in six months. Now Paris is scrambling. So there's a billion dollars on the table. 300 goes to Paris. 700 goes to Mbappe. And I'm on the record, and I'll stay on the record. If I'm going to Real Madrid, and I know I'm going in 12 months, and they can save $300 million, or say 180 million euros right now and not take me right now, and I can become $750 million richer by going to play in Saudi Arabia. Guys, I, I'm going to Saudi Arabia because guess what? Real Madrid can save their money. And then when I can go there 12 months from now, they can go buy players now to make my team and eventually better. I, it's, a, it's a win-win for Mbappe, if you ask me, because right now, why are you going to stay in Paris when they told you they're not going to play you? So this becomes very interesting. I think Paris is going to offer him $1.2 billion over the next 10 years. So he's going to have to make that decision. Or it gets real ugly because in six months he can sign for free and go to Real Madrid. And Paris doesn't want to lose the greatest player in the world right now. I would say, say the best, mm-hmm. not the greatest, sorry. 
they don't want to lose him for free. But if I'm Mbappe, $750 million to go play in Saudi Arabia for 10 months and then I go to Real Madrid? Yeah, where's the dotted line? My goodness. The money that's being thrown around. Unbelievable. Hey, Taylor, I know you got to tend to business because you're uh, talking it over with me. Where yep, will I got to we... go. Thursday night. I'll Thir- see you, Club America, boys. There it is. All right, Taylor Twelman uh, with Messi uh, here in 10 minutes, and uh, we appreciate it as always. Thanks, Taylor. Sorry, uh, Taylor uh, yeah. Twelman brought to you by Together Credit Union, and uh, he's going right from me to Messi. And uh, I don't know if there's a better parlay in the world than that. That's like, yeah, that's one of a kind. That's like interviewing Will Chamberlain and then having Kareem on right after. That's that, That's what people are drawing comparisons to. I would agree with that. And then, not only do we have Taylor Twelman talking with Messi, we have the Lil Piddles half and half, which is now sponsored. It's it's uh, everything's coming together. It we is. Got, we got Taylor talking to Messi. Little pills half and half sponsored. What's next? I mean, it can't get much better than this. I agree with you on that. Uh, you can watch it take place on YouTube, 101 ESPN on YouTube. Subscribe to it. Enjoy it. It's magical. Uh, and then also text in 314-399-9646 Air Comfort Service. Text line the little pills half and half. We will have a cardinal centric discussion for the next forty five minutes. If I had to wager, who knows? Though I don't know what's coming up in the half and half. It's next here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's experience the best of both worlds. It's time again for Little Biddles Half and Half. Presented by the Angry Beaver. A couple of blocks south of Bush Stadium. Mention Piddles for $5 off any pizza. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. As you just heard, it's time for the Little Piddles Half and Half, and it's sponsored yep. by Angry Beaver. Yep. You mentioned Piddles, $5 off. Unbelievable. Your yeah. currency now. I am. I am a $5 bill. But this half and half, it's worth more than that. We have read Bob Nightingale saying that Wilson Contreras is on the trade block, and Ben Fred's article this morning in the Post-Dispatch today gives plenty of context on the Contreras front. What likelihood percentage would, would you put on him wearing a different new uniform this time next week? Also, what do you make of John Mosellock's quote of addressing Contreras' role in the offseason as also stated in the Ben Fred article? Uh, yeah, great column by Ben Fredrickson this morning in the post is batch. Uh, I listened to Bob Nightingale yesterday on with BK and Ferrario. Uh, and to reemphasize, uh, he says he's on the block. That doesn't mean that he's going to get traded. Um, because, as John Denton said on our show last week, they were speculating on what the Cardinals would have to pick up on that contract, and uh, his guess was $40 million. <laughs> I don't know if he was being serious when he said that, but uh, that gives you an idea. I can't imagine the Cardinals would uh, pick up $40 million or even anything remotely close to it. What I could imagine happening, Jackson, is the Cardinals picking up money and then also packaging a prospect to entice a team to take it. And if the Cardinals are indeed going to move on from Wilson Contreras, then uh, that would be the way that I think it would take place. I will put it at 25% that he's traded. Wow, that's higher than I thought you would go. Huh. Because that's the way that I think think that it it would have to go in order for it to happen. Yeah, I see what you're saying with that. I mean, I think it would be a great move on the Cardinals' part. Um, I, I wonder what Can you really call anything a great move when you identify somebody as your top prospect for catcher, which 
to me was unnecessary in the first place if you weren't going to get what you really wanted, which is Sean Murphy, then pay him $87.5 million, and two months into the season, you say he's not ready to be your catcher, and then four months into the season, you want to trade him away and eat salary. I mean, that's not a great move. That is an absolute disaster of a baseball move. Now, with that said, we don't know this to be the case. Bob Nightingale is the only person who is saying that he is on the trade block. And just because somebody's on the trade block doesn't mean that he'll get traded, as we said before. But from my standpoint, this is how I look at it. If you are able to trade him, then you can take some of the dollars that you had to allocate for him if you don't believe he is the answer and then tend to it with pitching. Um, so that's why I would be all for it. Offensively, over the last month, he's been really good. But if you don't believe he is your catcher, and then he is going to be a 34, 35, 36-year-old designated hitter, and you're paying him you know, $87.5 million, it's just a brutal move. But you don't just keep doing it just because you made one mistake. You bail, just like I thought was the case. And that's why I love that Alan Craig trade a decade ago. Right. And when I say great move, it's given that context, it's the best move possible forward for the Cardinals, in my opinion. So I, obviously what has gone on with the Wilson Contreras saga in St. Louis would be not classified as great, but uh, to get rid of him uh, would be uh, a good move for the Cardinals. Well, I, my question is, is how much of that no trade clause do you think comes into play? Like, do you think that he would be open to joining a new team yes. or yeah, that's cause I don't know. Cause he said in the off season, how much he loved the Cardinals organization and the way they go about things. But now that the season started and he was kind of scapegoated for the pitching problems early, I have to, I would have to think that he would be pretty open to being moved much more open than Goldschmidt or Arnado. Probably. I think that would be uh classifies the case. All right. Next question. When looking to 2024, which period of time do you think will yield more pieces that will prove to turn this team around and become contenders again? This trade deadline coming up on August 1st or the 2023-2024 offseason? It would seem obvious, but given the past few years, the deadline has seemed to have more activity than the offseason. Uh, I would say the next seven days will be some of the most pivotal for the Cardinals uh, that we have seen as far as a stretch of seven days in the build the wit ownership era, which may sound like an hyperbole, but my expectation is Hicks, Montgomery, Flaherty, O'Neill. I would, I would, I would parlay that. I don't know what kind of odds I would get that all four will be gone. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I think you could see a, a surprise name or two as well. Uh, as far as, you know, a name that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be gone. I think the Cardinals are in a really unique position in that there aren't a lot of great candidates out there for sellers. In other words, the Oakland A's are a seller. Mm -hmm. But how many people, when you look at the Oakland A's roster, do you go, oh, that's somebody who can get us over the top? The Kansas City Royals are a seller. They're not trading Bobby Witt Jr. So how many pieces can you look at on the Royals that can get you over the top? The Cardinals do have the pieces, which is really a a condemnation of their performance, that you do have some pieces that you would think other organizations would be interested. And they're one of the only teams. Because 20 teams are either in a playoff spot or within five and a half games of a playoff spot. And so the Cardinals are one of those only teams, and they have desirable commodities, unlike for the most part, the Pirates, they have Mitch Keller and David Bednar. But outside of that, then you have the Royals and the A's and some teams that are just kind of woebegone. So the Cardinals have those pieces. They have pieces in the outfield, theoretically. They have pieces in the starting staff, and they have pieces in the bullpen. And so they're in a hell of a spot. 
And I also still think if he is willing to be traded, Paul Goldschmidt would be a hell of a commodity. I, oh, mean, yeah. I think it goes without saying. It's just a matter of whether or not he would be willing to be traded. And that's why I wonder on the Contreras thing, I'm just trading him and getting somebody in return. That's not the way that it would be. The Cardinals, I think, could attach a prospect and go, okay, you need a catcher who can hit. We got that. We realize you don't want that salary. We'll take a piece of it and we'll attach a prospect to try to justify it. That's how I think that would get done. So my point being, I think you will see more movement over the next seven days for the Cardinals than you have seen in any time during Bill DeWitt's ownership. That is my expectation. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point on the uniqueness of what the Cardinals situation is because not only do you have these, like you have two guys who finished first and third in the MVP voting last year and you're going to be sellers but like you're also sellers that could be right back into it with a good trade deadline good offseason right back next season like I don't like you talked about the Royals and the A's like those teams are not one two three pieces away and they don't have the commodities it's, it is actually so strange but it all goes into the strangeness of the 2023 Cardinals uh, we have discussed before that guys who are tradable and who are not and Nolan Gorman seems to be a guy who's divided fans and pundits alike on whether he is going to be uh, available for trade would you let go of Gorman for the right price or package him up does his mid-season slump give you any pause on your answer uh i'd be willing to part ways yeah absolutely what about you i'm so it's so difficult because you gotta prioritize power and he has so much of that so like that's the thing about the mid-season slump that doesn't scare me as much because as long as he gets to 30 bombs like he essentially accomplishes what you've signed him to do yeah, I suppose my reasoning is I don't know if there's anybody I go, oh, that person is absolutely untradeable. So the question exists in a vacuum as to whether or not I would trade him. And I I would, but then, of course, the, the, the full scope of the analysis will be what did you get in return? And most likely a number of the players who become members of this organization over the next seven days are going to be names that most of the people have not heard of because they're going to be minor league players. Right, right. That's also something that I always think about too, is like, like wh- what do you get when you get stuff in return? Like how many of these guys are going to be ready? If you are planning to retool for 2024, how many guys are actually going to be ready come 2024 to be effective? Cause you're going to be getting rid of guys who you've kind of developed over the couple of three years. Like, I don't know. I just, I see, see, feel like guys in their mid twenties, like can really make a huge jump around 27 or 28. So it's kind of tough for a guy like Gorman who's 23 or 24. How do you know what his ceiling is? How do you know what his floor is? And so that's always a tough, and I think that's part of the reason that we've seen some guys flourish outside of the organization once they've left is just need more time to develop. That's why I'm not giving up on Matthew Libertor by any Stretch the oh, imagination. Oh, is that right? Really? No, at 23 years old, the guy coming in fast track to Major League Baseball like he has been, part of a big trade. I think there's some nerves and just some development that needs to be done there. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, close the book on a guy at 23 years old. I don't think people are necessarily, but there's certainly a lot of concern. And, yeah. and that's warranted. Don't get me wrong. He has not been good in Major League Baseball, but he's so young and he has so much potential and talent that I think. You know, closing the book on some guys too early, I think, is sometimes the Cardinals' pitfalls, but there's been a lot of pitfalls in the last couple of years. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line is how you can get involved on the program. It's the Little Pittles Half and Half, now sponsored by the Angry Beaver here on 101 ESPN. We will come back with the second half of the Half and Half, presented by the Angry Beaver here on Munganess, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota's presentation of Balloon Party, 101 ESPN and YouTube.
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and also on YouTube on 101 ESPN's YouTube channel. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you here on the program, and it is now time for the second half of the Lil Piddles Angry Beaver Half and Half. Yes, and I'm going to go off script a little bit here, Tim, just no real nice. quick. Um, we kind of talked about it on TMA. I think it's interesting. Do you think that the Angels will deal Shohei Otani at the deadline? Uh, I thought for sure that they would, and now I see that they are close enough in the wild card where I would think they actually may not. I'm, I'm going to go to the other side of you. I think that they... Uh I think that they will and then try to re-sign him in the uh, offseason. I think they move him, get a couple pieces for him, and then spend a... I mean, I can't even imagine what that... I just read Jalen Brown's contract. I can't imagine what Shohei Otani's is going to look like. But I think that they, even because you know they're standing, I don't, I don't think that they have a chance in the American League to make some real moves. But I think if you can get some for him and then try to re-sign him in the offseason... I don't know. I think that w- that would be my bet. If I had to bet money, I would say that they will trade him in the next week. I think they will trade him in the next week and then try to re-sign him in the offseason. They're four and a half out of the third wild card spot in the American League, and in my, I mean, I was of the opinion. I think just last week, I'm like, of course you trade him, do whatever you can. But four and a half back, and seeing how the baseball playoffs, which personally drives me up the wall, but the math is what the math is. It's kind of like the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is, it's wide open. Uh, and I usually say the NBA playoffs this year was certainly a different example. Yeah, so I didn't see it get in there, but yeah. um, that you know we saw it with the Phillies, the six seed last year. Uh, they played the five seed in the NLCS, the Padres. So if I'm the Angels and I know Mike Trout is going to be coming back. And you're just not exactly sure what you have. You're competing against three teams, four teams in the American League East uh, who are all chasing the Orioles at the moment. I, I, I think you got him. This is your chance to really convince him is to get into the playoffs and, and make yeah. a run. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, but and hey, I, a week ago, I thought for sure they trade him. And of course you trade him. But four and a half, like if the Cardinals were four and a half back of a wild card spot. They would not be trading. It's a different conversation. Yeah. But the Cardinals are nine back of the third wild card spot. So I it's not an easy one. I'm not saying that it's a lock one way or the other, but uh, if, you, if I had to bet the bankroll, I, I, I think that they would, would hold on to them. All right. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's going to be... And that's, that's totally changing my opinion from last week, and that's because they are now four and a half back. Yeah. I, I didn't honestly think about the playoff situation because that, I mean, if you are Shohei Otani, you're like, yeah, I've been living in LA. It's great, but we don't win. So it's kind of annoying. And I would get that, but, uh, well, my guess is he's going to continue to live in Los Angeles. He's right. just going to be wearing blue next year. Yeah, That's what driving my guess a little bit North. Um, and then my second part of this off script of part nice, of the half and half script. is, uh, we saw Adam Wainwright almost get to 199 last night. Do you think he makes it to 200 before the season ends? 
Man, I really hope so. I really do. And based on last night, I mean, he was striking some guys out, yeah. uh, which was not something I necessarily expected. I mean, how many people, if you would have set the over-under on what he was able to do last night, most people would have gone under. Um, I built out a daily fantasy roster, and I included him on it, and I saw that 0.3% of the field had Adam, Adam Wainwright, and I put him on my team in part because I figured nobody would have him on the team. I didn't expect only 0.3%. Um, I would love to see it if you ask me to bet the bankroll on whether or not how many starts realistically, and this is assuming he can pitch healthy. Seven at the most. Seven at the most? Six is probably more likely. Okay, which means he has to win two of those six or seven. I mean, I'd love to see it. I don't know. I yeah, I'm gonna say yes. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna say yes. Would yeah. you like to wager on me on it? Yeah, you, you know bet what? against Pujols last year. Or why don't you bet against Wainwright this year? Yeah, dude, someone else retiring. Any more, any more greats looking to retire so I can bet against you? Yep. Um, yeah, count me in. I'm, I'm in on because I don't think. Listen, I said his twenty dollars v- is in. Twenty bucks. Booked. Yep. Um, his velo was up a little bit last night. Now up, he was like throwing a fastball 88 miles per hour, right. but that is up. Uh, based on his old stuff, but yeah, I just don't see it. It's the velo thing, man. If you don't have a fastball, I've said it before, then you don't have a changeup, and then that that Uncle Charlie, that 12 to 6, becomes a lot less lethal when you're not seeing fastballs anymore. So I just don't think it's in the cards for him. I wish nothing more. I can't, if I Venmo you that 20 bucks, I'll be so, I'll do it with a smile on my face because Adam Wainwright has been like, he's like my baseball grandfather uh, throughout my whole life. So I, uh, I have nothing but love and respect for Adam Wainwright, but I just don't think it's going to happen. All right, moving on to the second part of the half and half, the scheduled part of the half and half. Uh, this gets into the sports business side of the oh, half nice. and half. So Leo Messi joined Inter Miami, as we talked about with Taylor Twelman at the beginning of the show, uh, and he scored his first American goal on Friday in his debut, that record-breaking viewed game, along with Apple TV subscriber numbers and the possibility of other European stars coming stateside. Is now the time to buy stock in American soccer? Uh, obviously, the World Cup is coming in 2026. Do you think my judgment of this is somewhat clouded due to our new team and their recent run of success? Uh, yeah, I would continue to buy as much stock as I could in soccer in the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I feel strongly about that. If you see uh, kids in the 10 years old, give or take a couple of years, what are they wearing? EPL. They're not wearing a lot of baseball jerseys. No, they are not. In comparison to, uh, you know, when when I was coming up or even when you were coming up, I oh, think, yeah. Yeah. you see a lot of EPL jerseys. And I think you're going to see around St. Louis, I already see it, a lot of... Oh, yeah. Pink. <laughs> city Red. Dogs city, merch. City Red. Um, so from from that standpoint, absolutely. I think the time to buy it would have been a while ago. Sure. But still, I think the stock's going to continue to increase. So yeah. you might be going, well, it's like buying Apple or Tesla. It's been going up. But hell, I think it's still going to go up. So I might as well buy. Yeah. You're just going to be getting it at a higher price point. But yes, I would I would buy it. And I think what's transpired with Messi and some of those numbers that Twelman was giving us at the start of the program and the uh, talking with Taylor on Tuesdays presented by Together Credit Union, which you I believe is what nailed, You nail it again. Week, by, week and week, you nail it every time. Uh, uh, that uh, all that does is enhance the brand of MLS, which I saw in an interview with Carolyn Kendall. She was talking about everybody benefits from that. It's a real same shame that St. Louis didn't get a chance to see him uh, a couple weeks ago when Miami was in yeah. town. But uh, nonetheless, understandable that they would want the debut to be 
a home game. It's just a shame they missed him because it's not like they come back here no. uh, automatically uh, as they uh, every other year, the home teams with the Eastern Conference. So with that said, our home games with the Eastern Conference. But as far as its impact on MLS and then, as you made reference to, the World Cup coming back 32 years after uh, 1994, yeah, buy stock in it all day. That's what, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think when you look at like the historical context of it all and what David Beckham has done for American soccer, and there might be some real soccer heads that will correct me on this, but when David Beckham came over to the LA Galaxy, I remember it being huge news. It was like one of the biggest players to join the MLS, probably the biggest player to join the MLS. And now 10 years later, he signs and brings over arguably the greatest player of all time and what David Beckham has done for this American soccer is unbelievable and what Messi could do if other European players were like hey I can make a good amount of money and kind of dominate into my late 30s over there and just bring more and more attention to American soccer on top of the World Cup being here in a couple of years I think uh, the sky's the limit I don't know if it's going to replace one of the four major American sports but I think it has as good a chance as any as it's ever had I think you know I think there is a possibility in the next 10, 20 years that it could. Yeah, Jax and I are both buying stock. Where are you on it? 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service. Text line, Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party. It is driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, Alton Toyota, Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Final segment, then BK and Ferrario take over at the top of the hour. Action Jackson with his Lil Piddles, Angry Beaver, half and half. Yes, yes, indeed. All you got to do is mention Piddles and you get $5 off any pizza at Angry Beaver, right by the ballpark there. All right, uh, continuing with the sports business questions, this stuff really interests me, this particular question I have. So uh, this could be me looking too deep in the future, but I'm very interested in the switch to stream when it comes to sports. It seems to me that eventually, and certainly in a partial format in the near future, that streaming sports will be the norm. Uh, do you think that there will be an arms race between streaming services for live sports rights? Wouldn't you think Apple would be the front runner for more and more rights to sports since they have proven that they've done it at a very high level with the MLS? Or do you think the leagues themselves will stream the games or they'll be streaming partners? How do you think this is all going to work? And do you think it's going to take place in the next five, ten years? Oh, yeah. Within the next five years, for sure. I would say Apple is certainly likely. And I would be surprised if the leagues did it, because then that means they would have to have the expense to then develop the platforms. Right. Unless I'm missing where you're going with that. No, I see what you're saying, because like a lot of like I know that and I'm going to obviously talk about the NBA in this situation, but I know that the NBA has their own platform. But it, what it does is it takes you. It's just a host that takes you to the individual broadcasts of the games, which are done by regional sports networks. Mm-hmm. When those become a thing of the past, they'll have to employ this. So, yes, I would think that more than likely uh, you will see streaming companies do that. That will be the partners or possibly networks starting their own streaming companies. And that becomes the network um, or that becomes where they stream the games. What is interesting to me is like people like Netflix have kind of bowed out of the race when it comes to live sports. And they've also tried doing live programming and it hasn't really worked. They've had technical issues. Apple has proven that they can do what the, I recall that. What uh, technical issues did they have? It was some like love dating show. And oh, I, is that right? I know the listeners are surprised I wasn't locked in on that information. Um, yeah. But it was like some sort of like 
reunion of a of a dating and show. Netflix did this, and they had uh, yes. tactical issues. Yes, oh, so they wow. did a live stream of. They were doing it live. It was like Netflix live, and they did this with the Chris Rock uh, special. The Chris Rock okay. special was done live, and that worked. Uh, but this, they had massive issues for like an hour and a half, and then they just ended up posting it like six hours wow, later. Wow, wow. So it didn't. So they have shown that they kind of aren't in that. I think Netflix is more likely just to stick around with like sports documentaries and, and stuff like that, strive to survive. And uh, uh, Love is Blind. Swing. Love is Blind. Some of the texters are you on know, top of it. See, Thank yeah, you so they much. Your comfort service tax line, 314-399-9646. When Jackson references dating shows that had streaming issues, our audience is on top of it. Yes, and then also Prime Video has done Thursday Night Football and uh, Amazon Prime and... To me, it worked. I mean, you know, I have never had issues with it, but I would think it would be Apple TV and Prime would be the people. If we're talking like an arms race when it comes to live sporting rights, those two would certainly be in the catbird seat, given that they've already proven they can done it. Whereas Netflix and uh, I, Hulu's done live sports, but not to a scale of the NFL or the MLS. But I, I just I find this stuff really interesting when it comes to the streaming switching and streaming of sports because we know the hybrid model is probably coming sooner than later when right. it comes to there'll be games on TV for people who have cable subscriptions and streaming uh, for a separate price for people who just want to watch it on their devices and I think that being resistant to it at this point would be you're kind of burying your head in the sand like and I'm not saying that to like cast aspersions but that is it is coming and I mean we've already seen it. you can only watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. And people do it because the NFL has a chokehold sure. on this country like you wouldn't believe. So, I don't know. I just find that stuff very, very interesting when it comes to streaming sports. Uh, I saw this question yesterday, Tim, asked by Paul Feinbaum. And I think it's in reference to, you know, Twitter is rebranding as uh, X. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, what's the worst rebrand of all time? I ask you, what is the worst sports rebrand of all time? When you talk about sports teams or sports organizations rebranding. I, uh, I have a couple that come yeah, to mind. Give me some uh, kind of a multiple choice here. As you can imagine, uh, I'm, a, I'm a uniform guy. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fashion guy. When the Falcons had the Michael Vick uniforms, when Michael Vick was a, was a real star with the Falcons, the uniforms that they would wear were just gorgeous. And now they Which switched. ones are you talking about? Because they had the all black and then they had the red. It was like a black and red. It was, it was yeah. like, oh, it was the end of Michael Vick's tenure there and like the beginning of Matt Ryan's tenure there and these were these gorgeous uniforms albeit Reebok uniforms but gorgeous nonetheless and now they're kind of this minimalistic there's no stripes there's nothing to it I really dislike what the Falcons have done I also don't like how much shade is in their stadium it looks like you're playing in the dark similar to uh, where the Saints play I I share that sentiment I don't like that I like I, I, I like open air stadiums I get that they're not practical when it comes to a business sense like it makes much more sense to have a retractable roof and I get that it just doesn't look right and then it looks like you're playing in like the darks, very similar to what it looked like when the, the Rams dome. would uh, yeah. take on the domes, unless the field was on fire, then there was plenty of that flights. Happen. Yeah, so uh, texters can text in too. They're worth. They think uh, we're getting a lot on this. Actually, shout out to Paul Feinbaum. Uh, we're getting a lot. Those Miami Marlins rainbow uniforms. That was 2012, oh, yeah. I believe. Uh, the Washington football team. That's a nice play yeah. on that. Uh, could you explain why Reebok is a negative? Uh, that's from the 636. Yeah, you said something. What are you, anti-Reebok? Is that uh, with you? The Reebok uniforms were very, I will say, very mid early to mid-2000s looking. Like, if you, like, pull out, like, a Reebok jersey now. Give me an example of one. It's, like, so... 
I don't know what the word is, but like shiny and like shiny. It's like sleek and like this like weird polyester. And I'm talking about what they would sell to the people. I think what the players wore was a bit different. But the Nike uniforms now are like very modern, good looking. I think. I think the Reebok ones. And you also think like, when was the last time anyone had a Reebok conversation? Like, oh, did you see my new Reebok pumps? Was uh, D Brown, nineteen ninety two slam dunk competition. Right. If we're talking about if we're talking Reebok and the next words coming out of your mouth is D Brown, you know, we're talking about something. <laughs> Thirty one years ago. Yeah, that's not necessarily in the consciousness of uh, locally. I have no idea why the Cardinals switched from the red or the the navy caps on the road to the red. I have yeah. no idea what that that's about. Nuts. I'd like to see a rebranding. Yeah. If they're gonna rebuild this franchise, why don't we start with the road caps? Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know what Missouri football. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. Would you like to see them go back to the block M? Fully? I don't necessarily go block M so much as I'm I'm pro gold pants. I'm pro navy caps for the Cardinals. Pro gold pants for Missouri. Pro navy caps for the Cardinals. And really, in an odd way, feel strongly about it. No, it's good. In a, in, a, in an existence at this point in which very few things really get me worked up for whatever reason, when I see the Cardinals on the road wearing those red hats, it bothers me. And like I was watching highlights of Scott Rowland's career for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this weekend, and he hits a home run against the Tigers in 2006, and he crosses home plate wearing the Navy batting helmet. I go, why in the world did they get away from... I know. I mean, it's brutal. for what? It's to brutal. look like the Angels, Phillies, and Reds, those yeah. storied organizations. Right. What in the world? It makes no sense. It's such garbage. It's hot. Garbage. And Missouri's thing was, well, it's good for recruiting because <laughs> that's worked out. And it's been a decade of the whole thing. And in reality, I understand the reasoning. It's because they get paid by Nike. That's right. fine. I guess you just can't say that. <laughs> right. As far as, uh, but you say it's good for recruiting. You know? <laughs> but, but. Nationally, that Marlins play is a nice. That was just so ham and egg, too. I mean, oh, they opened yeah. up that ballpark that nobody in Miami was clamoring for, and they trot out Muhammad Ali because the Cardinals were the first team they played. I remember that, yeah. And that was just, yeah. God, it was gross. And they had those dancers on the field, and they went out and signed a bunch of guys. And just like with the 97 World Champion team, they immediately traded them all. It was like Hanley Ramirez and yeah. Reyes, and, oh, yeah. and it was a disaster. The Washington football team is a nice play from the uh, from the audience. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Tim, what about 590 The Man and 1380 The Woman? That's the greatest rebrand of all time. I would agree with that. That's the, that's, that's the one that really that's wound the up go. working. That's, that's the gold standard when you talk about rebranding. Exactly. Elon was studying it. Um, I have three takes for you. Okay, good. I like a good Jackson uniform branding take. Yeah, three takes for you. Okay. One, the Detroit Tigers have the best baseball cap in baseball. Wow. The, the D logo is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. You'll take that over the Cardinal logo. I unfortunately will. Wow. I think, you, why do I you think hate that, St. Louis? That royal looking Detroit thing is beautiful. I think it's so good. And I love the uniforms that just have it on there. I don't like the road uniforms that say Detroit. That's garbage. But the ones, the white ones with the D on the left breast, incredible. Uh, second thing, I hate the gold pants. And you know my stance on this. I do not like the gold pants. I think it looks weird. What what Missouri football uniform really Home, works for? Give me black. Helmet, black jersey, white pant, road, all white. If that's what they did every okay. week, I'd be I, I, I can live with that. Right. I can live with that. Right. I'm okay with a gold pant every once in a while. I'm not okay with gold on gold. That's about the worst looking thing of all time. Please don't do that. Enough with the white helmets, too. Let's stick with the black helmets, please. Uh, it just looks better. And then uh, third take. 
the Rangers leaving their old stadium for this metal box that they currently play in is a bad rebrand. Well, I think I, I agree. You know, the tribute to the dome in which the Texas Rangers play is is odd. But I think they were in a spot that it gets so damn hot there that right. they had to have a roof option. Sure. Hence that ballpark. I get it, but yeah. I mean, it looks like they're playing in a galvanized tub. I am. Uh, I'm in awe of that of that ballpark. Yeah, and I think another bad rebrand, and I don't know if Chicago people would be upset, is if the Bears leave downtown. I get, I get the whole thing that you know Soldier Field is always supposed to be temporary, but I love Soldier Field, the look of it from the outside. What about this? Why don't we ship Jackson to eight miles so he can wear that white cursive D hat and he can act like it's Ledoux? That's from the 714. I mean, that'd be good content. It would be great content. Just get a, just get a GoPro on Instagram me. Just get a GoPro. around eight mile. I think it'd be great. <laughs> the, yeah. Young B-Rabbit. That's what they call me. Oh, God. Uh, if the Cardinals switch back to the blue away caps, we will no longer suck. The change is what has cursed this franchise from winning a World Series. It's from the 618. And to me, if we were giving away tickets, I would give it right there. Yeah, and I my, just don't understand it. And then then the thing about it that irritates me even more is then they put a vote to the fans. because we, <laughs> And then the fans voted for the Navy cap and then they still went with the red. Yeah, it's like, it's like ah, nah, just kidding. That was just, that was all, all for show. One last one I'll give okay. is, uh, New Orleans choosing the name the Pelicans uh, for their basketball franchise. It's a Pelican hotbed at the Delta. Doesn't matter. It's, it's, I'm going to quote David Letterman when he uh, pretended to be a press member on a Kevin, Dur- to Kevin Durant press conference, and he asked, when you play the Pelicans, do, do you kind of giggle when you before you play them? And KD said yes. Are you mad that Utah did not rebrand from the New Orleans Jazz to... Yeah, that's another when one. They, when they went to Salt Lake, a hotbed. <laughs> of jazz music, yeah, no. That one they should have. Lakers stay the Lakers, because that's really... The Los Angeles Lakers, alliteration, it works perfectly. The Utah Jazz is easily the strangest name in all of sports. Yeah, I, that, I would I would agree with. I share your opinion on that. Yeah, we're we're a yeah, we're, we're lockstep. Just well, you, I want gold pants back down in Columbia. Not for me. Clear eyes, gold pants. Can't lose. That's exactly right. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.